Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Podcast, Blue Jackets Podcast. I've said that a million times, but I can't say it right. Aaron Portsign with you on a Thursday afternoon here, Central Ohio. Hey, overcast, 50 degrees. I'll take it. Call this winter. Count me in. Um, had a little bit of the white stuff now. Kind of ready to move on already. Call me a wuss if you will. Uh, Blue Jackets tonight are in Calgary for a game in the Saddle Dome. I know there are some Blue Jackets fans out on the uh, road with them wherever they go. I always see Blue Jackets fans, Blue Jackets sweaters in the crowd. If you ever get a chance, that Edmonton-Calgary trip is, and Vancouver, of course, is is one you got to take. Um, Edmonton is cold as hell. You got to experience that. Calgary is a really neat city. Um, you've got if you've got a day off before or after, you've got some wonderful things to to do uh, with the national parks around in that area. It's absolutely beautiful, and Vancouver is just breathtaking. All of that is true. Um, so yeah, I'm pining for the road. In case you can't tell, if you want to join us, by all means, step to the text field, um, step to the stage, and we'll bring you in for a question. We can talk about. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, I think there's there's always, as I've said about the Blue Jackets for years now, this might be the title of the book one day, uh, rarely good, never boring. There's always stuff going on. Um, so we can get into whatever you want. We can get into, um, if there's any Elvis stuff, I think I can say this now that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen had a meeting with Elvis before the road trip, before they departed for the road trip, just to make sure everybody was on the same page, I really don't think anything has changed. I don't think, you know, uh, Elvis. And first of all, let me let me say this because there is there's understandably confusion about this, uh, and Elvis has created that confusion by himself, saying. Initially, that he did not request a trade, but the two parties agreed uh, to seek a, quote, new scenario. Then saying that he did request a trade. And then, according to his agent, immediately going into the back room and calling his agent and saying, I screwed up. Uh, I just told the media here that I asked for a trade. That he actually didn't say, get me the hell out of here. Trade me. Um I guess the way, in a way, it doesn't really matter because they can't trade him right now. Um, they can't. There's too much money on the contract for a goalie that hasn't been good enough. Let's just be honest about it. It hasn't been good enough in all ways. Um, I'm not saying he can't be a good goaltender. I think he can. I think he can. 
to me, I've been actually really disappointed. And I know there's a lot of stuff that's going on with Elvis. And by all means, we cut him uh, some slack on that. Um, I thought he was going to have an incredible NHL career, and he may still. Um, but it's a hard contract to trade right now in, in so many ways that we've been over. Um, so the agreement is that Elvis is going to play as well as, as he can, as hard as he can, and they're going to see where it takes him. If he does well, it benefits all parties. And I don't necessarily think his days with the Blue Jackets are over, but I think that is the likely out, the likely outcome. Uh, if he does get it together and go on a hot streak here. So we'll see. Um, we can talk about David Yurichek being a healthy scratch, being sent to Cleveland, being brought back to the NHL and made a healthy scratch again. Um, some curious stuff with uh, the young guys here. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think what's different about this year than last year, they're ahead of where they were last year. Um by a good six, seven points, nothing huge, but it's better. You can't say they're as bad as they were last year record-wise. That's not fair. They're they're moderately better. But where it's dramatically better, I think, is what you can see from the kids. I think that is the, uh, the one thing that is probably keeping a lot of Blue Jackets fans going here. Seeing Chinikov look better than he ever has. Seeing Sillinger look like a two-way sentiment. He's probably been their best player for the last month. I think Marchenko is a noticeably better player this year than he was last year. But he's backed up his rookie year. Um, I think there's a lot of bright spots you can point to. Fantilli, for sure. It looks like they've got a number one center, doesn't it? A guy that's going to bloom into that anyways. He's not there yet. Um, so that is, that. is that's all um, optimism for another day. Certainly, I think the future... Uh, looks like it's going to be pretty bright in Columbus. We can get into all of that. Um, what What's keeping you going? You want to start with that? We've got two people on stage. We'll get to them in a, in a couple of minutes. Jonathan B. and Matt C. We'll go in that order. Jonathan B. first and Matt C. Uh, but let's weed through some of the text messages here. We'll go for about 45 minutes or an hour here. Uh, Thomas A. says, How will the 2018 Canadian Junior situation affect the trade market for CBJ players such as Elvis to the Flyers. Um, well, so you're referencing the that yesterday news broke that five players from that 2018 team have been summoned uh, to turn themselves in to London, Ontario police. Certainly movement in that case that so many have been waiting for. Um, I, I think... First of all, I, I know this isn't popular in media today, but I, I was trained this way. And I'm just compelled this way. As much as you want to read into things and make um, make reads on things, I think you got to wait to see where this goes. That doesn't mean I'm doubting anybody. That doesn't mean I'm um, leaving anybody of responsibility in this. It doesn't. It's just... There's a press conference coming February 5th from authorities in Ontario. I think it's wise to wait until at least that. Um, but I still think the issue with, I don't think anyone's going to trade. Uh, you mentioned specifically Elvis to the Flyers, so I'll go there. I don't think anyone's going to be made so desperate by this that they would go in on that right now. Um, 
I think if it broadens the goalie market and Elvis gets all of his, his act together here, he's got six weeks before the trade deadline. Does it, does it create another opportunity where maybe a team needs a goalie and the musical chairs expand a bit? Sure. Um, but I just think there's too many, too many variables there to read into at this point. Uh, George M says, so looking ahead and why not? Let's assume some lottery luck. Oh, George, George. George, have you been a Blue Jackets fan for a while? Do you have any idea, George says, how Macklin Calabrini compares to last year's top draftees? Is he similar to Fantilli? Better? Worse? Any other top prospects to keep an eye on? Um, Yeah, you know what? I've not done a ton on this. It it is interesting how last year, again, with not that different um, a situation record-wise, we were all in on the – a lottery draft very early last year. Um, and that, I think that, speak, that speaks to the hopelessness of last season. Now, it's not like this season you're looking at it thinking, oh, they can make a playoff run. No one's thinking that, I don't think. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, the, also the Blue Jackets, I think, I have to look at this. Ottawa has caught them in the East. Let me see where they are overall. They may be four now. Are they four now? Hey, they're four now. Uh, tied with Ottawa. Ottawa's got three fewer games, though. So, look, they're going to be in the lottery. They're going to have a good chance. We're going to be interested in the lottery again this year. There's no question. Uh, Calabrini is a hell of a player. Hell of a player. He is a centerman. Um, at least he's playing that now. I don't think he is bedard by any stretch. I think Fant- what, what really impressed Fantilli, and I don't want to speak out of turn here because I've not seen Calabrini and I've not read a ton about him, but Fantilli has the size, the two-way game, um, sort of has that that uh, presence about him. I think Celebrini maybe is more of a dazzling playmaker, if I'm reading this correctly, whereas uh, Fantilli was a, is a driven, strong player. Um, I've got use for both of them if I'm, if I'm the Blue Jackets, certainly. Um, but yeah, it, we'll, you'll certainly read more uh, about that as, as it goes along. For a long time, uh, Cole Iserman, who is a winger, uh, has been held in very high regard. And there's other players, too. It's a very interesting draft. Um, I just like saying Henry Muse. But uh, yeah, so... Th- you know, I think this is now more for Columbus. It's probably a February, March, April story now, whereas last year it was a November story, which I think is telling. Um, Mike B says thoughts on the PLD disaster in LA. Well, the, the, the Kings are struggling, uh, still in good shape because they got off to a really good start. Um, but they've been on a bit of a dive here, two, five, and three in their last 10. Um, Dubois has been a, a disappointment there. I don't think there's any other to, other way to say it. Let me look at his stats here. I know that he's been relegated to a third and even a fourth time fourth line role. Yeah, 45 games, uh, 10, 10, 20, minus 14. Uh, playing just 15, 46 a night. So that, you know, he should be playing. He should be an even or better player. He should be playing. 18 plus a night, and you think he should be close to a point of game type player. He has that ability. Uh, part of the disappointment out there, to be sure. I, did you see Drew Doughty calling out uh, 
he didn't mention PLD. He didn't mention anybody. Um, but apparently he and Kopitar had some other strong things to say after the game. Um, so uh, one more chat and then we'll head over to the stage. Don M says, I've seen the Jackets play in Vancouver twice. Made it to a – oh, he's, this is a comment. Well, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm Don, I'm, I'm glad you're uh, lucky enough to have been in in uh, Vancouver twice. Incredible city. Uh, on your recent article about projecting the future team, you did not include uh, Trey Fitzwilansky or Jay Christensen. This is from Cornelius V. Your thought about their future. Uh, so I'm actually heading to Cleveland tomorrow uh, to catch up with the uh, Monsters, and those are two of the guys I want to talk to. Certainly not a personal slight by them. I just think when you look at the situation here and see how little an opportunity they've been given, um, I'm not a big fan of that. I'd like to see some more Trey Fix Belansky. For me, I would look at him. Uh, I think we have a good read on, on guys like Bemstrom. Let's give Trey Fix Belansky some run in, in Columbus and let, let's give him two weeks as long as he's, as long as he's busting his ass. And I don't think that's ever been a problem. Let's see what he's got and put him in a top nine role and uh, put him wherever you put Bemstrom and see where, see what it looks like. Uh, Jay Christensen. I, I like him when I see him. I think it's interesting that when he comes up, he, he usually plays a decent chunk of time, but he's been pretty clearly the number seven guy here. And if he's the number seven guy right now, before Matej Chuck arrives, I think a lot of people think he's going to be in Columbus next season. Um, with a weight with Svazil, with Kuhlman still on the rise. It's just hard. It's hard to look that far in the future and see guys fitting uh, into that lineup when they're at an age where they, if they were going to make it, and again, I don't want to rule them out. Uh, Columbus has missed on guys before. Typically, they're at an age where they'd be here already. So, you know, that, uh, obviously, you know this, Cornelius, that is, that is a completely subjective, that's guesswork, and there's no two points about it. Um, but I, I think that's probably the fairest way to say it, that, um, yeah, I don't, I, if they're not making, if they're not carving out a spot now, it's hard to see them carving out one a few years down the road. All right, Jonathan B., you are on front and nationwide. Thanks for stepping to the stage. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Porty. Mighty Thor's day to you. Um, question, comment, just kind of soliciting your thoughts. With um, Patrick Waugh back in the yes. league in Long Island, yep. it got me thinking about our coaching search this summer and how I'm just an idiot fan, and I always preface that, but I felt like Patrick Waugh would have been the perfect choice for this organization. We were looking for somebody who's going to hold players accountable. Patrick Waugh hold people accountable, uh, looking for somebody who can develop young talent and, you know, mentor young players. He's won titles in the queue is supposedly really great at working with young players. You want somebody who knows what it's like to be a diva goalie in the NHL to work with Elvis can't do much better than Patrick Waugh. And I, I just, I'm baffled that it wasn't given more consideration or at least more public consideration by the front office. And just kind of want to hear, you know, if you were to, hop in the DeLorean with Doc Brown and Marty and go back in time and give Patrick Waugh the CBJ this summer. How different do you think this team would look now with him behind the bench? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think the, uh, the, 
and I can't say this specifically about the Blue Jackets because I don't know this to be true. Um, I think the concern, I think there were trust issues with some NHL teams given the way that he left the Avalanche so late that summer. Uh, I also think there has to be an understanding with Patrick Wall that he is going to be the loudest, most prominent uh, voice in the room because that is the weight that he carries. He just, he just is that way. Um, I think he's mellowed a bit um, from his early bombastic days. Um, and I think he's a hell of a hockey coach that everybody in Quebec will tell you. Um, so they did interview him. The Blue Jackets did. My understanding, and I think we wrote this at the time, is that they did a Zoom call with him during the Memorial Cup. Um, listen, they, you know, I think they wanted Babcock. And the whole process was not really a, wasn't due diligence and it wasn't vetting, obviously. It was calling people they've known for a long time and asking them how great a coach Babcock is. Um, I, I think, I don't think they would have wasted their time or Patrick Waugh's time if they didn't consider him. I really don't. Um, as to how different they'd look, you know, God only knows. I, I mean, I, you know, it's an interesting thing because I, I think, uh, if John Tortorella did some of the stuff that, that Pascal Vincent has done, I think the outrage would be, would be even more than it is, uh, with, with Vincent. Um, and Patrick Waugh is not a, a subtle person. What I love about him is if you ask him a question, boy, do you get an answer? Um, and I'm not sure how that would have gone over sometimes in a market like this. So I think there's various reasons. I think he was absolutely a candidate. He was considered, he was interviewed um, as to why Babcock got the nod over him. I think, I think they went into this search thinking that they wanted Babcock. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Matt C., you are on Front and Nationwide. Thanks for joining us and go ahead, please. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, good, man. Thanks. So I I want your opinion on this, um, mm-hmm. just because some of the things I've been reading about, you know, trading Boone Jenner maybe as a possibility to collect some draft picks. In my opinion, I think this team, as much as I hate on them and I hate how this team is constructed, I think we're a little too small, a little too soft. But um you know, as much as I hate on them, I do love the foundation of this team. I think we have some great players. So in your opinion, where do you think we are in the process of the rebuild? Because like, to me, 
it doesn't make sense to be collecting draft picks for younger guys. I think we need to take the next step and get some like more established vets that know how to win. And I'm not talking about like your Sergey Fedorovs of the world. I'm talking about just, you know, some players that can come in and help these young kids grow a little bit. And I don't see the point of just collecting, you know, draft picks just for the future of the organization. I think we're already there. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah. So one of the tough, this is the hard part right here about rebuilding. This is the, these are the seasons you don't think about when you make the decision and it just seems so, let's just tear it down and build it back up again. Um, You don't know how long it's going to take. Look at Buffalo, right? Look at New Jersey popped last year. They kind of struggled this year, but I think they know they're a pretty damn good team. Um, It feels like Columbus is on the way to that. Maybe next year is their pop year. I think you you mentioned first trading Boone Jenner. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think you trade uh, your captain when your captain is still such a vital part of the room and delivering. I think, it's something you could consider now more than you could in the past because you have options now at center. I don't think they're ready for that. And I think the reason that, that Boone's name appears so often in rumors is because so many teams ask for him. His contract is great. His flexibility is great. He can play wing. He can play center. He can play anywhere on your top nine. Hell, he can play in your fourth line. If you're a monster, he's a, he's a, Absolute competitor, you know, Boone Jenner. People want Boone Jenner. Um, so I don't, you know, if you get a ridiculous offer, I don't think it's something you can ignore. But I'm certainly, if I'm the Blue Jackets, I'm not entertaining the thought of trading Boone just for the point of doing it. Um, but I think, you know, you mentioned not trading players for draft picks. I think it depends on the situation. If you've got an expiring UFA, Jack Roslovic is, is the one heading into this offseason. Then, then yes, I think that makes that makes sense. Get the best draft pick that you can, or get a prospect that you're really high on that the that the acquiring team would would trade for you. Um, I, I don't mind that at all. I I'm not a big fan of of continuing to at this point of continuing to cash in uh, for futures. I don't think it, it's as important as important now as it was like a couple of years ago. Certainly. Because I think there is, you can see it, there's a swell of talent that's already here from that from that process of, of veterans out picks in. I mean, that's how Sillinger got here. That's how Yerichek uh, got here. That's how, you know, the next wave uh, still kind of Kent Johnson. So part of that is already starting to be realized. These players are a long way from being realized. I think... You know, it's hard to say. I think there could be different eyes on the organization next year. But I think next year, certainly with some of the growth that we've seen this year, you expect a more competitive team next year. I think now with with all of the up in the air that's that's occurred with the goalie situation, I think that now becomes a, a big question mark on the roster. How do they how do they fix that going forward? Is it Jet Greaves? Is it Daniil Tarasov? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I think there's a lot of people who would really like it to be Jet Greaves, and he's one of the guys I want to talk to when I get to Cleveland. Um, starting to put himself in that conversation. I think there's still some parts of his game that are seen as holes that need to be fixed before he's an NHL regular, but he can come to the NHL as he has shown and give you quality starts. So, 
you know, next year, if Matejchuk is here, I mean, what do you do with Bean, Peak? Uh, you know, is Bokvist still here? I think there's a lot of moving parts here that if they do go, will probably go for draft picks. But I don't see them trading, quote unquote, foundational pieces uh, for draft picks. What do they do with Line? I don't know. Um, they've got a swell of players who look like they can be top six guys now. Um, do you consider moving him if you get the right offer? It's got to be considered, I would think. Um, there's a lot of moving parts here in Columbus. Um, so that's what I would say to that. Let's go back to the chat. If you want to step to the stage, by all means do that. We'll, we'll bring you in. Uh, Christopher A says, do the Jackets have anything resembling a plan for developing Yerichek? It doesn't seem like it. Well, it does not seem like it. You're, you're right. Um, I've said this, uh, many times, I believe on this podcast specifically, I would not have had a problem if they would have decided he needed to spend the year at Cleveland. Once he plays 10 games here, once he's told to get a place here, I feel like you've committed to him. And now that you're in last place in the East, now that I think we can all agree, can't we? I don't think you want to intentionally lose games. You're not in that mode. This is not last season where you're focused solely on your draft pick. I don't think that I don't think we're there yet. I know the Blue Jackets don't see themselves as being there, but this is not a team that it's going to make up. Let's see where are they at here. Um, how many? Are they have to be double digit points out of the playoffs, right? Detroit fifty three, Columbus thirty seven. There's sixteen points out of the playoffs. Okay, I don't think I'm being negative, Nelly. Saying that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So. Let's put these games this season to use. Now, if you see Yurichek getting completely overwhelmed at the NHL level, then you got to back him off. I get that. I don't think we've seen that. I think Tuesday was a missed opportunity on a couple of levels. I don't, I, that loss didn't bother me. The Blue Jackets played really hard. I thought for the extent of that game, I thought they were the better team for two periods and they had nothing to show for it. That's what happens to young teams. They didn't cash in on their opportunities. That, that game needed to be three to one or four to one after two periods for them to have a chance. And it was one to one. Um, but th that game now passed. Fantilli did not take a single face off. So the next time he steps into the face off circle with Connor McDavid and takes a face off, it's going to be his first experience. Why couldn't he have gotten that experience at least four or five times Tuesday? Here's what it is. David, defensemen talk about the gap that they need against, and the gap is the space you leave as you're backing on the play between yourself and the, the, the puck carrier. And they always talk about the first time you play McDavid, you realize that the gap has to be a little bit larger because the afterburners that man possesses it's a lesson you have to learn. You got to be on the ice to see it, to feel it. And David Yurichek sat in the, in the press box or somewhere else Tuesday night. He didn't experience that. So the next time he does, it's going to be the first time. I would like the next time he does to be the second time. And then next season to be the third and fourth time. I think that's what this season can be about at this point. Um, I want to see David Yurichek. This is going to sound crazy. 
To some, I want to see him on the power play. Second unit. Why not? Especially while Wierenski's out. Especially while Wierenski's out. Let's get David Juracek on the power play. If it works great on the second unit or if the first unit struggles, try him on the first unit. Will there be mistakes made? Hell yes. Of course there will be. Will there be lessons learned? I think that's the point. I think that is the point. And I don't think, I, I got to be careful here because I do not know more about player development than Pascal Vincent knows. He knows more about hockey than I will ever know. He's forgotten more about hockey than I'll ever know. This isn't me second guessing a guy um, and, and suggesting that I, I know a better way than he does. And I think in fairness, I've said this before too, if you look at the start of the season to today, you can say emphatically, Cole Sillinger is a better player than he was at the start of the season. No question. Shinikov is a better player than he was at the start of the season. I think we've seen growth in Fantilli. Now, I think it would be completely unfair to suggest that all of that is happening in spite of Pascal Vincent. I don't think that's the case. I think it's happening in part because of him. The players are putting the work in, of course. Um, it just, I just hate to see this season at this point not be maxed out for all that it can be. Um, that's my only point. Uh, Chris, thanks for the question. Um, I, I'm not sure, frankly, that your check's done going to Cleveland. I'm not sure. Um, and, and if they can't get him playing time here, better. I mean, it's been, it's been two weeks since he's played an NHL game. He did get two AHL games in there, but his next NHL game now is going to be a, a bit of an adjustment. So. Uh, Christopher, thanks for the question. Dale B says, what are your thoughts on JD saying he smoothed things over with Elvis's agent? And both JD and Yarmo saying Elvis did not request a trade. It smells to me like JD stepping in to fix a negative news cycle. Well, that's part of the president's job, uh, at times. Again, I, I think, uh, I've had talks with, with, um, Elvis's agent. I've known Jerry Johansson for a long time. He's a really good guy and he really thinks highly uh, of Elvis. Um, but I think everybody recognizes that Elvis needs to improve, uh, has to. I think he's been, so, again, so much better this year as a goaltender than he was last year. There's no question. Um, but the team still feels, and I think his teammates feel this too, Elvis doesn't want to hear this, that he still has a long way to go before he is considered a franchise type goaltender. You need that from your backstop. You need all the whole package has to be there. And that's been a struggle. Um, the, the thing about the trade is confusing because they've made it confusing. And I think the, the whole public messaging on all of it has been a mess. Like when Pascal Vincent said, well, the only reason we're doing this is because we want to take a look at Daniel Tarasov. That was not, that was not accurate. It was not accurate. He was trying to protect Elvis. I get that. But but that opens the question. Wait a minute. You're willing to lose games to look at Daniil Tarasov. Then why isn't Juracek playing? Like, that's just, that took everybody down in a completely confusing road in nine different ways. Elvis saying he didn't ask for a trade. Elvis the next day saying he asked for a trade. People are like, what, what the hell is going on? Fair question. And as a media member, we get hit over the head 
because all, you're passing along the information that you feel uh, and you've checked is the most accurate. It came right from the mouths of, of the player, uh, the mouth of the player, and then it changes the next day. And then apparently he goes back and says to his agent, geez, I screwed up. Um, let, let's just be honest here. Both sides are willing uh, to part ways here. I think what Elvis is, is wanting to make clear, although he has contradicted himself and then gone back the other direction, is that he didn't just decide, I want out of Columbus. He loves Columbus. He does. And I think he wants to make it work here. But if the team sees him in this way, and at the time he was playing as essentially the number three, then, well, yeah, yeah, let's get moving here. So it is a, it's a confusing situation. I wish it could have been portrayed clearer. It's not possible to portray it clearer if the story keeps changing from one day to the next. Um, so that's where I would say. Uh, let's see. George has a question similar to year check. I think we've already touched on that. Philip A says, Hey, Porty with the Avid brothers coming back to Columbus in August. Top three songs. Wow. I felt that is impossible. I could do an entire podcast. I could do like not a, not one show, an entire weekly show for years on Avid brothers songs and lyrics. Um, top three. Okay. All right. Um, I like January Wedding. I'm not, these are not in any order, but I love these songs. January Wedding, Murder in the City, and Laundry Room, maybe Laundry Room. If you ask me tomorrow, I'd probably have three different songs. Um, there's a song that uh, No Hard Feelings is, it's the song they wrap up every concert with. Um, my wife leaves every Avid Brothers concert crying because it just hits too close to home for reasons I'll not explain publicly. But it that's an incredible song too. And there are so many uh, great songs. Start with Murder in the City, go back earlier. Um, January wedding, and then, um, yeah, laundry room, pretty good stuff. Uh, any thoughts on who comes out for line A? Okay, back to hockey here. Um, who comes out for line A? I would, well, I don't know. Um, Bemstrom is currently out. Is it, I don't think it's Dan Forth. Is it? I think he got a tough question here. Is it Roslevic? I mean, he's playing with Boone and Fantilli. Is it Danforth playing with Corrali and Texier? I've not been a huge fan of some of Texier's games this season. I don't think he's quite back to where he was when he left. But that's a tough decision for uh, Pascal Vincent. And he's not afraid of making tough decisions, as we've seen. So stay tuned. I'm not sure where that goes. Um, Marcus M says, we know that Pascal Vincent was not the first choice other than vocal opinions of some fans. Do you have a perspective on what the professional opinion on the league is on him? Yeah, Marcus, uh, good question. He is held in very high regard. Uh, everyone I've talked to now, to be clear, if I asked another coach, what do you think of Pascal Vincent? 
and he didn't think much. I don't think he would unload on him. That's kind of a low blow. Um, but when people offer up uh, how how impressed they are by how firm he's been with some moves and a matter of fact, he's been with his explanation of them. I think people see him as taking the difficult but necessary steps to ratchet this room up to being a um, healthy, competitive dressing room that not only holds itself to a high standard, individuals, but each other. And I think I think we can say now that when when Don Tortorella was here, he was in large part for many players in there, the leadership in the room. He was the voice they feared the most. And when he left a lot of that, and a lot of veterans left too, it coincided. Felino out, Atkinson out, Jones out, and it's going to leave a mark. And it slid. It slid a lot. Um, I think he's trying to ratchet it back up again. And then what you want is you want the continuation of players from so young kids come into the situation. It's like what's going on in Boston is a great example. Bergeron is gone. The legacy of that leadership style remains um, a continuation. Zach says, timeline on Yarmo's tenure. Are you going to trust him through the trade deadline? Zach, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess nobody would be surprised if there was a change necessarily. Um, I think most GM moves, unless there is a, an urgent situation, most of those wait until after the season. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't want to predict a, that something is going to happen or b when it could happen. Um, but Austin H says, could you see the CBJ hiring an advisor to come in similar to a Craig Patrick situation? The CBJ had before, or is this Yarmo and JD's ship to, to the end? Well, not to the end. I hope not Austin. Um, yeah, they're, I mean, I don't think you bring Craig Patrick in with a person like John Davidson at the top. Like Craig Patrick was brought in then because there wasn't a person um, above Scott House. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see that as, as necessary in this situation. But you're always looking for smart people to join the group. Um, what is PB's thinking in playing Fantilli on the wing? Makes no sense. Well, so I we've talked about this. I'm not a fan of it because um, I think the tough lessons need to be learned. We just went over that. But I think the, the explanation has been that, and this is not a worrisome, uh, this is not a worrisome a point. It's just the fact of being 19-year-old in the NHL. I think he has struggled, Fantilli has, uh, defensively playing center ice position, especially in his own zone. And there are times where it starts to get so rich that they say, you know what, this is a perfect opportunity to sort of lessen the load and let you thrive. Um, he still, I thought he played a hell of a game in Edmonton. He had the puck a lot, carried the play, drove play. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, but again, I... I would love for him to have played head-to-head against uh, McDavid. Take face-offs, check him. Um, yeah, 
That's right, man. But again, you know, they see things on film. They give, they have talks with him. They coach him up and then they see how he plays and they sometimes feel they need to pull back. So it's not, it's not that crazy. And he has played a lot of games at center. Um, Jonathan C says, Hey, Porty, what has been your favorite CBJ jersey? Um, geez, that's a, I mean, the originals will always have a soft spot in my heart, but God, that green is awful in the middle of it. Um, I don't mind the thirds. I think their jersey's fine. Um, I think it looks sort of traditional, which is a good thing for a young franchise to look like. Um, if I had to get a jersey, if I had to wear a jersey, it would be number 21, Espen Knudsen, the legend. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Douglas NB says, I don't know if that means that Douglas is from New Brunswick. Hey, Porty, got here a little late. Really only have two questions. Less importantly, do you think that Yarmo will be allowed to handle the deadline? Just got to that. More importantly, how are you doing these days? Hopefully the nasty cold bug isn't causing you any complications. I don't have a cold. I may sound like I have a cold. I don't have a cold. I still don't have a kidney, though, either, Douglas. So if anybody's got a kidney laying around out there, uh, let me know. No, we're moving in the right direction. Um, I'm not able to be... Uh, the beat writer or the person I wish to be right now, three days of dialysis a week, three and a half hours at a time. It's not the greatest. Um, makes for some long days, but we're trying to soldier through and, and, uh, and still cover the Blue Jackets as they deserve to be covered. Although we know, of course, we could be doing more. And one day again, we shall. Uh, Scott T says, thanks for your concern, Douglas. I appreciate it. We'll get there. Scott T says, what is everyone missing in regards to your check and why it continues to sit? Um, I think, yeah, it's probably similar to the Fantilli answer. I think there are things that they want to see from him. I don't like it. I mean, he shouldn't be sitting anywhere. At least Fantilli's playing. Um, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with, with them. Um, you know, Certainly, he can go to Cleveland. He's he can he clears waivers. Uh, he has already kicked in the uh, the um, first year of his, of his entry level deal, so that's a wash. Um, and he's got tons of games to go before he has to to clear waivers. So no concern there. But he's got to play. He's got to play one spot or the other. Uh, Chatty e says easy to ask sitting from my couch, but relative to other teams, do you get any sense that the Blue Jackets are out of condition? That's a good question. Not just once or twice, it's a pattern. They've allowed 73 goals in just 46 games in the third period. I just wonder if their conditioning program is behind the other NHL clubs. I have no idea what others do, aside from the torch run and test. I don't remember those teams losing their legs in the third. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I don't think they're, they're, they're very young. And I think young guys come into the league not realizing uh, what kind of shape they have to be in to play in the NHL. Excuse me. I think Baronkov has gotten into shape uh, more, but I do think you see some guys hitting a wall around this time of year, especially guys first out of college. I mean, Fantilli is already past however many games he played last year, and he's got three months to go. So, three and a half. So, yeah, I mean, it's not that they're out of shape. I don't think they're like, chubby veterans that can't keep the pace. I don't know that it's that. 
I think most of that damage in the in the third period, frankly, was done during those games uh, in the early part of the season. I'm not saying that it's beyond them now. I don't think I don't think what you saw in Edmonton Tuesday was what you saw early in the season when they were blowing leads. Um, certainly, they got overwhelmed by Edmonton in the third, and it was it was a one to one game became a four to one loss. That's familiar. But I don't think you saw the Blue Jackets just completely freeze and collapse. Uh, I didn't see that. I did see that in the in the other game, the other recent game that they lost in the third, too. They just lost in the third, and those do happen. I think the early season games, you saw a team uh, mentally incapable of competing because they froze. They panicked. Um, they may be through that now. They may not be through that. But I think that's where a lot of the damage was done. Um, and I, you know, I agree with a lot of people coming out of that Edmonton game. Edmonton's just better. All right. Uh, if both teams play about as well as they can play, Edmonton's going to kill them. If Columbus plays well and Edmonton doesn't, well, then they got a chance. And I think that was the case in the first two periods. But then Edmonton went hammer down in the third. And as we noted, Columbus didn't make it enough of its opportunities in the first two periods. So, um, I think. All of that is true. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't see any reason. I don't see guys, you know, leaning on their knees during stoppages and completely out of gas. Um, I don't think that's the reason behind it. Uh, Joe S says it seems like writing is on the wall, and it's only a matter of time before Yarmo is fired. Why would the organization let him handle the trade deadline if he's already on the way out? Well, that's what we've discussed. The other thing is, Joe, if what's going to be done at this year's trade deadline is it Roslovic? Is it peak bean? Like what? What is being done here? Is it line A? If if you starting start to get into line A trades, then maybe these are big enough trades where you want your new guy to handle them. Maybe your new guy is currently employed by an NHL team and you can't get into the off season. So, I think those are all possibilities. Um, Joe, let's see, Douglas and B. I think we've already had you, Douglas. Michael says, hey, Porty, hope you're well. So Jake Bean was on Canada's 2018 World Junior Team. Has he ever been questioned about any potential involvement he may have had or what he knew and what he knew about it at the Legends Talk? I, that I don't know, Michael. I, I'm not aware of that. I know there was um, a clamoring to get to people that were on the 2018 team when it first uh, surfaced. We, uh, through... Uh, reporting of others deduced that Jake Bean was not uh, considered to be part of this, but I don't believe he's made any comment on this. Um, Mike B says, Porty, big fan of his, but is Danforth more valuable to the CBJ for the remainder of his contract or on the trade market at the trade deadline? He could, he, his play could make him a good deficit for a team making a run, but not sure if his return would outweigh his value to this team. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I was a little surprised that they extended Danforth for the season. Not that I have anything against the player. I don't. I like him. Um, and I think he's serviceable. He's sort of a poor man's Boone Jenner. I, I hope that's taken as a compliment. It's intended to be. Um, but with all of the wingers that this team has coming, uh, it's really – and if, if they do blossom as they've already started to do, it's hard to see a, a spot – uh, for some guys, at some point, now if Roslovic's moved, uh, that lessens the the crowd. Especially if Liney's moved, it lessens the crowd. 
Uh, maybe Danforth is easier to trade with another year at 1.1. That's possible. Um, I think there could be interest in him. I, th- I think he's still sort of under the radar in the NHL, but he's been in the NHL now for a good couple of years. Uh, pro scouting staffs should have a read on him by now. Um, uh, let's see. Scott T says, under the radar prospect you are excited and intrigued by over the next year or two. Minus Malatesta, wouldn't shock me if he makes it late in camp next season or even makes the team. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge Malatesta guy myself. Um, if he is under the radar, I, I I think you could argue that he is certainly more than, say, a, a Taychuk is. Um, I think he's an NHL player. Again, heading to Cleveland. He's uh, he's a guy that I'm planning to talk to. I did a little, little look in today. His first... 13 games in Cleveland, one, two, three, with six penalty minutes. His last 21 games, 9, 5, 14, 42 pims. Now that's what you call figuring out the AHL, or at least getting a grip on it. Um, I just, I look at that kid and he seems like the type that is not going to be denied. Um, yeah, I, so I'll concur with you there, Scott. Joseph S. says to talk hockey. Okay. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks for joining us. Um, someone else says cry more. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, let's see here. Douglas, uh, with St. Patrick, St. Patrick, do you think that the Islanders were interested? Oh, Patrick. Wah. That the Islanders were interested because Lou is mindful of a need for a succession plan in place. And Wah is allegedly interested in a GM and head coach combined role. That could very well be the case. Lou Lamorello is 81 years old. Um, I'm not suggesting he's close to being done, but the math would would lead you to believe that. Um, Patrick Wah, again, is a very strong personality. Um, So that is... uh, that is a, a potential. And here's some, uh, you don't often break news on the Front Nationwide podcast, but it sounds like Yurichek is on his way out of Calgary, maybe back to Cleveland. Uh, no confirmation on that yet from the club, but we'll pursue that here. Uh, when we get off the, get off the pod, um, Joe S says the organization had Historically been awful at developing and retaining young talent. PV's inconsistent handling of guys like KJ Yurichek now sliding into the wing. Why would any young player want to stay in Columbus long term? Well, you know, we don't know that the players are, are that bent. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, for one thing, the Blue Jackets have contractual control over these guys as RFAs for the next uh, several years. So there's that. And by then, if there's a nucleus of talent, those guys I like playing with, and there's a good situation here, then why would you leave? Um, but that is the next hurdle. You can draft, you can develop, and now you got to keep them in place. Um, so that's the challenge. Uh, thanks uh, so much, everyone, for being with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, good chat, good talk as always. And we will be back with you next week. Um, and then we might take a week off because the Blue Jackets are taking a week off. Um, thanks for being with us, and we'll uh, talk to you very soon. Take care.